to Nobody Asked Our Opinion, a podcast where two utter fools uh, sit down and talk about pop culture and, you know, whatever the fuck we want to. This fool is Joanna. And this fool is JJ. And we are here to talk about the news and all of the cool shit we did last week. Um and anything else that pops into our little brains <laughs> which more often than not is random as shit so i mean <laughs> absolutely um so yeah i mean i guess we can get into this news gig um we have been following closely with a, a one miss uh, scarlett johansson and her uh lawsuit against disney um to catch y'all up uh, scarlett johansson was promised a cut of the box office sales with a no direct to streaming clause in her contract and because of the panorama Disney was like um, let's put this on streaming so more people can see it we need to get this movie out now because we have a franchise to run and instead of just being like hey ScarJo here's some more money because we have to break that clause they were like we gave you some money and Scarlett Johansson was like not the money you promised me and um, so Disney eventually just I think settled out of court with Scarlett Johansson yeah it looks like that at the moment uh, just terms of the settlement haven't been fully disclosed uh, currently but um, Scarlett was seeking as much as 80 million dollars on top of her salary from uh, doing the Black Widow movie. Um, uh, and she received $20 million for doing the movie. So, um, I mean, it's a hefty, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, pretty penny that she's uh, looking to be compensated for. And, you know, um, this just goes to show that, you know, you, you, even if you're a, as big of a corporation as Disney, you can't, you know, shortchange your uh, your talent, even if it's you know, even if we are in the middle of a panini, you still have to you know abide by the contract that you're that you've been that you're you know signed and had all your lawyers sign, and I'm assuming all the uh, Disney has all of the lawyers, so they, things should have been pretty pretty set. But you know, when they make last minute decisions like this, it comes to bite them in the ass. I mean, absolutely. And while the reasoning for wanting to throw it on streaming, I mean, because of the pancetta, um, makes sense. But you got to, like, talk to your people. But, I mean, Scarlett Johansson has said publicly, you know, now that they've settled and things are cool, she said that, you know, hey, I'm really excited to continue my working relationship with Disney um, you know it's no hard feelings we we settled we dealt with it and hopefully the future will be bright because she's cast in the what the Tower of Terror movie mm-hmm. so like she has things going on um, even though Disney kind of like or people have said that Disney said that they're like well fuck that bitch we're not working with her I doubt that's the case they're like she makes us a lot of money 
Um, <laughs> People love ScarJo. Why would we get rid of her? She hasn't said anything offensive. She handled this very well. She never bashed Disney in the process of this. She just kind of went out and was like, so give me my money. <laughs> she stayed quiet the whole time. And then they yeah. gave her her money. And she was like, great. I can't wait to keep working with them. Thank you. So, I mean, she handled it very well and classy-like. And um, Unlike Disney. Disney, if you remember, they kind of painted this picture of how... Because, you know, they decided to release the uh, Black Widow movie simultaneously on streaming. And so they kind of were like, well, Scarlett Johansson should understand, and you know, uh, that our decision to make it streaming uh, as part of, like, you know, trying to keep people safe from the pandemic and kind of painting her in a, in a very callous um, manner, saying that like, she's like, oh, she didn't care about people's safety or whatever. And which wasn't the point but like you know Scarlett Johansson this entire time has kind of kept the high road um even when Disney were like well do you not care about people in uh, during the pandemic like that's why we did the streaming thing in the first place and she was and you know she didn't really say anything but obviously it's like that's not the point the point is you you uh, our contract says one thing you did something else you can't do that uh, I should be compensated for <laughs> in accordance to my contract. What I'm interested in is since this um, settlement has happened, I know that other Disney actresses had, I don't know if they've made any public, um, uh, you know, display of their intentions uh, since uh, since this has started, but I know at one point um, Emily Blunt um, and uh, possibly Emma Stone. Uh, Emily Blunt was just in Jungle Cruise. Uh, Emma Stone was uh, had starred in Cruella. Um, both of which I think had simultaneous streaming and in theater releases. And yes. So, there could be some fallout. Maybe these other actresses may follow suit and be like, hey, according to our contract. I mean, I'm not sure what their contract actually was. If there wasn't, if there, uh, you know, if there was a clause saying that Disney could um, well, I'm not sure. simultaneously. I'm not sure about Emily Blunt, but I read somewhere that Emma Stone has already renegotiated her contract for Cruella 2, because apparently they're doing a sequel. Um, Mm -hmm. And she has renegotiated the contract so it has better protection for her in it and a better payout than just relying on box office release money also. So um, depending on what the world looks like or where any what's going on, she's still covered. So she has already worked out a better contract deal with her lawyers. Yeah, see, all, already good things are happening as far as getting these actresses their, you know, their, their due compensation for their work. And I mean, not to get into it too much, on, on this uh, about the, uh, on this particular story, but you know, Hollywood actresses have historically been paid way less than their male counterparts. So, like, it, I think it's great that these that you know these leading women are you know standing up against even if it is Disney, a corporation is a corporation, 
and corporations are gonna they're gonna try to wheel and deal their way out of paying paying money out. And so I'm glad that these women are like, uh, no, you said you were gonna do this, so you're gonna do it. Or and or in Emma's state, Emma's case is like, well, you know what? Just so that the other thing with the other with the other actress doesn't happen to me, I want to make sure that I'm covered. Um, and so, like you know, Disney's not in, immune to you know uh, being scrutiny, uh, scrutiny and not being uh, you know not treating their talent properly. Well, I mean, and like you said, it's not just a Disney thing; it's an everybody thing because women have historically not been paid equally and i think that we are headed to a time where women are you know demanding to be paid their worth and to be paid uh the same as the men i mean like it's not just a hollywood thing it's an everywhere thing but i don't want to go down that road because that road just makes me angry and then sad yeah, <laughs> that's because why I was like, I'm going to mention it. it. <laughs> right, you know, and, and, and that's why I was like, I'm mentioning it now just because it's worth noting that in the grand scheme of things, this is a positive forward mo- motion for uh, women's equal pay in the workforce. So it's, I think it's a good thing. I know that P- Scarlett Johansson has been scrutinized for being like kind of money hungry, but at the same time, I'm like, well, she fucking deserves it. She made countless billions for the corporation. The least they can give her is $80 million. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, in, a, in a bit of uh, kind of happy, but also really strange news. It's just silly, <laughs> and I'm happy for silly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Eminem has uh, apparently officially opened a restaurant teaming up with a, the U- Union Joints restaurant group in Detroit, in his hometown of Detroit, to open a restaurant legitimately called Mom's Spaghetti. It's so dumb, and I'm so happy for it. Like, you know what, Eminem? We needed this. We needed this. He knew we needed this, and he gave it to us. And uh, thank you. Um, and, and just to be clear... <laughs> Just that if there are any people who are not not uh, aware of Eminem or what this mom's spaghetti is, it's um, a, a reference to his famous line from the 2002 hit "Lose Yourself," in which he says, uh, "Palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti," and. That's literally it. That's all he says about spaghetti and, and anything that Eminem has ever said online or in, in the press or in released music. But he's like, but it, since that release of that song, the mom's spaghetti line has been memed to the nth degree. The most recent one I remember is somebody recut the entire song but replaced all the lyrics with literally just mom's spaghetti. That's just goofy. <laughs> and it's it's ridiculous. And the fact that he's like, you know what? I'm going to capitalize on this, you know, <laughs> uh, at this point, 19-year-old hit of mine and open a, um, a restaurant, <laughs> which, guess what? Serves spaghetti. 
And you know what? I want to go. <laughs> I mean, why the hell not? I want to go. Um, I want to try mom's spaghetti, and I want to be happy. Also, um, during the um, during the pancetta, Eminem went and delivered spaghetti to frontline workers for like so they can have dinner because they couldn't leave anywhere. Absolutely. And so he, yeah. So he would go to like I think he went to like. Uh, drive-through restaurants, hospitals, wherever he could go, that and just delivered spaghetti to people because it's mom's spaghetti. And you know what, Eminem? I didn't know I needed this, but I did, <laughs> and I salute you. Yeah, I mean, hats off, man. <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. Um, uh, as of this recording, the restaurant in Detroit has. Um, uh, has opened uh, the official opening date was September 29th so it's barely what a week yeah a week ago so I mean you know I'm hoping all the good things happen for this uh, this restaurant um, from it looks like it's wildly popular it looks like lines were out you know all, all the way down the block on its opening so I mean Everybody, if you're in the Detroit area, try a little bit of Eminem's Mom's Spaghetti. I'm sure it's just as hometown deliciousness, and it'll make you feel good. <laughs> you warm up your 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 uh, your heart. Your cockles. All the cockles. <laughs> All and right. And there's a Skeddy sandwich. Ooh, carbs on carbs on carbs. <laughs> carbs on carbs. Um. So um. Our next piece of news, um, I think this is dumb. Okay, so everybody has rallied together and we freed Britney. We did it, guys. And now the people want to keep freeing people that don't necessarily need to be freed. But Amanda Bynes is in a conservatorship and the people are rallying because they're like, we need to free Amanda now. And some people are in a conservatorship because they need to be. And from what I understand, Amanda Bynes is one of those people. Yeah, I, I, I mean, initially having, uh, reading this article, um, I didn't even know Amanda Bynes was in a conservatorship. Um, I knew that her career has, and her life has kind of gone um, a little wacky in the most recent years. I wasn't aware that she was in a conservatorship. Um, it doesn't, from what I can tell and from this article, it doesn't seem like her conservatorship has been manipulating her for years or gaslighting her. Or um, stealing or from her. <laughs> stealing from her. It looks like it's, you know, genuinely, like, functions to help keep her estate afloat. Um, so it, I don't know if... And to keep it, her it, mental if, health in, in check because she's had mm -hmm. some mental health issues and from what it looks like is that this conservatorship is just trying to keep out... Uh, keep, keep her mental health um, keep on top of it and keep her happy and healthy. Um, they can't steal money from her because all of her money is actually in a trust right now so nobody can benefit from it and also Amanda Bynes hasn't worked in a really long time. 
Yeah, from my understanding, she was a, I think she was like a fashion design student at, some, at one point. Like, she was just like a normal person. Yeah, she stopped, she, she quit acting and like stayed quitting acting. And I say more power to her if that's what she needs for her life because she's been acting for so long that if she's like, yeah, no, I'm done. I can't deal with this anymore be done and don't do it anymore go be a person and live your life and so while the sentiment and the the thought process behind wanting to free amanda seems to be like a good idea and unless we hear sudden news that she is being you know mistreated uh, then we'll rally be the first to help rally behind that that movement but as of right now Leave Amanda alone. Let her yeah, live her like life. Amanda's, she don't Amanda's need. She don't fine. need you. <laughs> no, she don't need us. In fact, it, it, according to this article in GiantFreakingRobot.com, um, in 2017, her family gave her control of her money. Like they, they felt that that she at at that time uh, give, was able to give control, give her back at least some someone's control of her life. Uh, currently, like you said, her her um, most of her assets are in a trust, so it doesn't look like anybody's going to be stealing from her, or she's not going to be able to like get, uh, abuse her, you know, newfound wealth or whatnot. I'm not exactly sure how much she's actually worth, but it doesn't seem like you know nobody's taking advantage of her. At, unlike what had happened with Britney Spears and her and her conservatorship, so. You know, I think again, yeah, like you said, I think the, although it's it's nice to see that like, oh, we want to you know, uh, keep, uh, you know, keep our uh, child actresses from being exploited, and and while the sentiment is quite lovely, um, Amanda Bynes doesn't is not in any, you know, danger of being exploited. So, I think just leave her leave her to retire in peace. And if she decides to come back and grace us with something, let her do that on her own. Let her decide on her own. It seems like her family, and they seem to be in a trusting relationship. So, I don't think it's uh, <laughs> I don't think it's necessary to really uh, rally to free free Amanda. <laughs> I no, <think> she's fine. <laughs> we don't need to free Amanda. Amanda's fine. Like I said, leave Amanda alone. This is probably more damaging to her psyche in general than helpful um so let's leave her alone find somebody else to rescue there are plenty of other people who probably need our love and support so um on that note we'll stop talking about amanda Bynes because she don't need the help what we should talk about is that um shang chi was the number was the uh you know had the biggest box office for opening weekend ever until Right now, Venom Two broke that. <laughs> yeah, and according to Variety, uh, Venom: Let There Be Carnage has has raked in over ninety million. Excuse me, raked in over ninety million dollars in its opening weekend, uh, sh- uh, overshining uh, Shang Chi's opening uh, opening weekend. Um, it was eighty million, I'm, right? I get conflicting uh, numbers. I get one article that says it was about seventy-five million. I hear, I see another article that says eighty-four million. I see another article that said ninety million, and so I'm not exactly sure what the what the numbers are. But 
according to Variety, um, uh, Venom uh, has outperformed Shang-Chi uh, as far as um, debut, uh, debut, um, like, what's the word called? Like, uh, revenue? It doesn't seem right. But yeah, like profit, like uh, profiting from its opening weekend during a pandemic. We should say that like <laughs> 90 million for an opening of a of like a big Hollywood blockbuster in the past would have been like, that's a failure. Yeah, um, I just want to say um, that sentence you just w- did went on a journey to get to the end of it, and that let's makes not, me smile. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> oh, we're absolutely going to talk about that. That was a journey you went on, and that's hysterical. Um, and you're welcome. <laughs> um, but regardless, I mean, congrats to Venom 2. I'm glad that movies are doing well. I'm happy to hear that. Um, I have not seen Venom Let There Be Carnage yet. Um, I was really busy last week, <laughs> so it did not happen. Um, I'm hoping to see it Wednesday. No, I have a meeting on Wednesday. Thursday? I don't know. At some point, I'm going to see this damn movie because I, I'm i working really hard to avoid the spoilers for the post credit scene. And it's We're hard, Mama. Like, Mama, it's been hard. I follow a lot of things that do nothing but break that shit down, comment on it, and want to tell me all of the tea. And I can't watch any of it. <laughs> My YouTube is sad. And so I need to watch the this movie soon so uh hopefully within the next couple of days i'll go see it um <laughs> look out on instagram for my 30 second review about it um <laughs> because i do that you're supposed to do that too one day you'll do it this is me calling yeah, you oh, out for uh, natalia oh yeah we'll see <laughs> we'll see um but uh yeah i mean i'm excited to go see the movie and all of that fun stuff um we're gonna take a side note and um did you watch the video that i texted you like a few hours ago uh i saw I, I i was still working so i i saw that i had a text and i didn't watch the video <laughs> Oh, you fail because it's hysterical. Um, so we talked last week about uh, the wonder about how R. Kelly um, was uh, found guilty on all counts of sex trafficking and all sorts of other terrible things. Um, this video, because I was watching Double Toasted, was uh, brought up this video of him and he was overseas um, singing. And at one point he just bust out a new verse and he sings um do you have your passport do you have your shots um um basically do you have your passport do you have your shots then you can come to america with rob that's me and it's so gross because he's basically openly singing to this entire crowd of women that they too can be trafficked sexually be uh, sex uh, sex traffic victims for him come with me because it'll be easier if you have your passport and your shots it's gross but also hysterical but also gross it's a journey 
especially when you put it in context of him just being <laughs> just being uh convicted of all those counts of sex trafficking then you're like <laughs> oh and it's one of those things also because it's like a minute long clip and you're like oh he went off the rails during this song this is weird but no there are backup singers and the backup singers back him up on this song so it was planned which makes it even grosser oh yeah but watch the video. <laughs> but watch the video because it's absurd. <laughs> and I can't stop laughing at it. <laughs> wow. I'm sure at the time he's like, I'm so smooth. I'm going to get all these bitches from wherever he's at. And it's, you know, look at me flex how sexy I am. I can get all these, you know, women to <laughs> go follow me to America. And then we're like, oh, you're actually just like straight up just sex tra- recruiting sex trafficking, like women. Like that's gross. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he was in Ethiopia. Oh, how fun. It's not like not like Africa has enough hasn't seen enough human trafficking in, in the years. I know that's why it's so gross. Okay, hold on. All right, we're gonna get back back on get back on the rails. I took us on a detour. We didn't need to go on, but I needed us to. <laughs> That's amazing. I needed us to go disturbing. on this ride. So thank you for going <laughs> on this journey with us. Um, I'll make sure we post this video somewhere so everybody can see it and go Ugh. gross. And just go be like global cringe. Global cringe. <laughs> um, but speaking of the globe, <laughs> drag race is everywhere. Let's jump into our drag race 20. Woot woot. Let me get the timer ready. All right. While JJ gets that timer going, I'll explain what we do. Uh, For those of you who are new, uh, welcome. For those of us uh, who've been here, welcome back. We're about to do our Drag Race 20, where we set a timer for 20 minutes. And no matter where we are in our conversation, when that timer goes, goes ding, we stop. Because if we don't set a timer, we will not shut up. Absolutely not. I mean, this should be applied to more things, but it's not. Um, but Drag Race is what started it, so we're going to keep it there. Um, clearly, because I went off the rails and talked about R. Kelly for five straight minutes, who doesn't deserve that much attention, but we did it anyway. When you derive, when you give attention to somebody to, in order to mock them, I am always ready for time to be spent mocking idiots <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> um but i have the timer ready so when the timer begins we have 20 minutes and literally 20 minutes to talk about all things drag and drag race related they know ready. i just told them set go and timer okay. has start Okay, so let's quickly talk about uh, UK3, and then we can talk about our time with Bianca Del Rio. So, sure. uh, so I will start. I will start off right off the bat, and I have not seen the most recent episode. <gasps> I've been too busy, too busy moving and rearranging shit and trying to get everything out of our old place. So I have not seen 
the most recent episode. Gay gasp. You have failed us all. Yeah. Oh, well. Get over it. As it well, I was going to say, to be fair, the the challenge was dumb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, because it's it's a, it was the Dragaton challenge. So it was like the Peloton bike, uh, like workout video thing. So it kind of like harkens back to like season three when they did their workout videos, but not nearly as charming or as fun. Or absurd. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's, well, because, like, I thought they were all going to be on these Peloton bikes, and they're not. Like, three of them were in a group doing the Peloton bikes. They had another group that was the uh, Ball Busters, and they had, like, those, like, big, like, exercise balls that they did a workout with. Um, And then they had uh, the Yummy Mommies who were doing, like, exercises with, like, top like small children but they were like you know baby dolls and so they're like mommy mommy workouts with their kids hmm. um, so uh, only a, only like a, a small uh, only just one of the groups was actually on like a like a bike like a you would on a peloton workout yes how fun it wasn't their group was it was not cute because it was dumb <laughs> You're like, this is stupid. It was dumb because it was like they had a choreographer for an exercise challenge. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay. And then, um, so we watched, we saw um, the best thing about this episode was the lip sync because the lip sync was fucking great. So at least something to look forward to. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Um, like overall, like it was a decent episode. The challenge was dumb, but you get past that. Um, the runway was nice. The uh, the lip sync was fucking phenomenal. And then um, we get left on a cliffhanger. Yeah, how interesting. Um. Yes, and I won't tell you about it because I don't want to spoil it for you. Thank you for that. You're but, yeah, welcome. I, we will. I, I'm going to try to see if I can get get caught up in the next couple days. Because doesn't it? Don't they drop Thursdays? Sure. Drops I don't know. Thursdays. I don't. I don't watch it until like or Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, hopefully, I'll. Yeah, I'm going to try to get to it later this week. Um. Yeah, but watch it. Um. Uh... And we'll talk double about it then next week because we'll have hopefully a conclusion to our cliffhanger by then. Right, right, right. Um, All right, let's talk about that hateful bitch, Bianca Del Rio. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of Uh, people died. A lot of people died. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people died um so people longtime listeners of the pod will uh know that um a couple months ago i decided to do something foolish and i bought us tickets to go see bianca del rio um totally worth it um and uh we got to go last week it was so exciting um we yeah and if you if you checked out our uh our social media uh we both came and i we i joanna came over and put me in a little bit of day drag with a she beat my face and um and it's so pretty 
it turned out really nicely. And uh, shout out to Kimchi Chic. Uh, her products are her product was amazing because by the end of the night, I was like, oh damn, this this shit is like still looking good. <laughs> oh yeah, no, um, those colors are pigmented. Those like that color does not wear off it stays bright it stays fierce um and it stayed in place um because i did some nice lines i did um, a rainbow-esque style lines uh, across the eyeballs that were gorgina um i put less effort into my face because my face i didn't care about as much um <laughs> but i still i still the, had some blue, really pretty really blue beautiful yeah that blue was really pretty Yes, no, I had, uh, so I did use the, uh, kimchi chic, uh, um, eyeshadow palette. It was the, uh, team up that she did with Naomi Smalls. And, um, the colors were fierce. They were right. They were correct. Um, so if you go on to my Instagram, I have photos of us there. I tagged JJ in it. And then, uh, if you go on our, uh facebook page our uh podcast facebook page we have a full video of our uh little little mini review and us being silly and uh up up in the drags and um jj was the only only boy in makeup and i was a little disappointed by that yeah it was uh, you'd think with like you know uh, you, you come see a drag show you want to come a, with a, a little like a light beat but you know uh, I guess the crowd wasn't feeling it on that particular Wednesday night <laughs> <laughs> I mean fair um, but we we had a lovely time uh, and uh, yeah Bianca's a hateful bitch <laughs> I mean we all knew that but I mean goddamn. <laughs> um, to see it in person, you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> she went in, but um, we get ahead of ourselves. Our show opened with the incomparable Vicky Vox singing to us, um, and who also <laughs> made fun of a one R Kelly. <laughs> I was here for that Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She, I think she, that was her first song was the R. Kelly, I Believe I Can Fly, right? No, except it was more like I believe I can fly something along the lines of that not, mm-hmm. not quite full sentences and then again I go back to that video by one point he stops saying full sentences and you go what? <laughs> what drugs are mm-hmm. you on today? Um, but Vicky was amazing uh, she did I Believe I Can Fly she did um, I Will Survive um, she even had, she's like forgot yeah mostly she like midway through was like I, for, I fucking forget the lyrics here can y'all help me <laughs> oh it was wonderful um and then when she stops singing or doesn't quite know the words she just starts scatting <laughs> <laughs> live i leave i live i already forgot what the other song was i don't even care that i forgot it's still so good it was, I, uh, I, and I'm telling you from... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, God, that bitch is great. Um, even and she though can she, sing. She can, like, actually sing. No, I know. I, like she, I said I mean, in her review. She was putting up a bit because of... She was putting up a bit because of... Because it's a comedy show. show. Like, yeah. She was, like, she... She was belting some of those notes, and even the audience was like, "Yeah, work, bitch." 
Uh, well, I mean, because like I said, I think even in our little review that it takes a re- it takes tremendous talent to be able to sing purposely that bad. Yeah, like you need to make sure like everything is on point still. You need to make sure that you're still timing everything right. I mean, she's a consummate consummate professional, and I uh, think I, I and uh, I think I told you that night she. She was one of the. Uh, she was in a girl group with uh, one Willem and Detox back in the day. Yes, um, she was. The, she was the V in DVW. Mm-hmm. And and who, you know, she was a part of some of the greatest, uh, you know, drag parodies. Uh, I've yet to hear the boys a bottom, and it's fabulous. Um, there's another uh, another one. Um, Isn't there a Chick Fil A it, one? It's a Chick Fil A. I can't remember what the. I don't remember. Chow down. I was gonna it say was I, a, all I remember a, is the music video being like Chick Fil A, and I was like, this yeah. makes no sense, but I'm here for it. But uh, yeah, no, Vicky Vox, aka the one who could sing in DVW. <laughs> yeah, the one who actually has like. I mean, Willem can hold her own. Detox was there to rap. <laughs> <laughs> Detox was there. Willem Detox is fine. Was there. Uh, no, but like Vicky is like the singer because uh, she can sing like a chicken wang. Mm. But she, but she was fierce. It was great that she got to come out and open. Um, and then Miss um, Bianca she a good, came out. Like half hour or so. Um, I'd say a solid 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, something like that. Like, it was a good, like, good chunk of, like, a good opening, like, chunk of time. Yeah, and then, uh, and then Miss Bianca came out, and, um, she was amazing. Um, I mean, so looking fabulous, absolutely fabulous. Oh, that dress is so good. Um, but no, she's so hateful. Um, like her whole bit was so funny, and um, she'd get like sidetracked and go on tangents, and it was great because you can tell the minute that she went off script because you're like, oh, there it is, there she goes, and then she kind of wander back and look at her notes and been like, ah, oh, fuck, I forgot that. Oh, well, well, real quickly. <laughs> so this is what I was going to say if I was paying attention to my notes. <laughs> um, and they kind of get back on track. But then the, the real best was at the end, she had uh, audience questions that were written down ahead of time. And she would figure out who was who the person was, ask them to stand up, talk to them for a minute, and then read the, and like and then read through their question and answer them. <laughs> talk Even to in, them, read them. <laughs> read them. Um, and then read their question. And um, then read them some more. <laughs> and then read them some more. No, and what was great though is that she did she did have genuine interactions with all of these people. And um she even if they were hateful questions, like my favorite was um have you had any work done? And she went, mm-hmm. You fucking bitch. <laughs> How very dare you. How very dare dare you but yes <laughs> um, but it's just but again saying like i've had some minor work done but nothing crazy like obviously you know like my nose didn't get done because hello <laughs> you can see it um but being able to tell honest like fun stories and then she was able to um spill all of the hot tea about some of her uh season six sisters 
And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what she was, uh, things that um, upset her, mostly she just basically just tore Gia like a new one, and it was hysterical. Because Gia very, very famously, not too long ago, was on Twitter talking about how COVID was a hoax and then got COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, it's Bianca just like calling out idiots when she sees them because that's what you do with idiots. Absolutely. 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 I mean, she even she even calls out World of Wonder and Drag Race and how there's too many drag queens out there now, which like I get because she's like, there's like a drag race in like every fucking country. And there's so many queens like and I get like I think like her point being that like it's hard to maintain a high quality of work when there's a drag queen like a new queen popping out every like 45 seconds um and then uh proceeded to troll everybody saying that she had gotten off the phone with world of wonder and she goes you can't tell anybody yet because the news won't drop for another two weeks but i'm gonna be hosting a show and everybody's like oh my god oh my god oh my god and so she's like all right so I'm going to tell you guys, but remember, not for two more weeks. She goes, but, you know, I'm going to be hosting Bianca Del Rio's Drag Race, North Korea. And I died. <laughs> I peed. It was so funny. It's so stupid. I peed. I peed. It was so good. She's yeah, and so stupid. I think, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but I think most of the like cr- the questions that came from the crowd were people that had paid for like the meet and greet yeah so i like, that it, 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 so it seemed like like during the meet and greet she'd be like oh hey write a write a question or and i think this would be even more fierce she just got their names and just made up those questions and just to and just randomly assigned a person and be like oh this person stand up you asked this question and and just to, just to give them like in a moment of being embarrassed or whatever, um, I literally I literally just pure conjecture conjecture. But um, I think what I do like about Bianca's because Bianca's show is not like a typical drag show. She's not you know bucking and doing lip sync numbers and you know uh, you know falling from the ceiling into a split. She's it's basically a stand up. Stand up hour. Well, I mean, she's an insult comic. That's what she does. Yeah, she's an insult. She's an insult comic, um, and she the, her thing is stand up. And so, if you want to see a good stand up show, see a Bianca Del Rio show. Especially if you're if you're if you're into insult comics, because she lets anybody have it for any reason, even if it's a minor inconvenience to her. Um, and she is quick. Yeah. Like some, she is very quick. Uh, like one of the, one of the there was a an annoying uh, uh, audience member and that got her attention and she finds out her name is Nikki and she's like oh God how do you spell your name and and she goes N I K K I and without a beat Bianca's like well you're missing a third K in there <laughs> <laughs> and I was like shit damn. <laughs> Well, I mean, also, she's also just so highly offensive, um, which is also, if if you're offended easily, you're at the wrong show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she told 
like I think my favorite journey going on with her was her talking about going abroad and performing at gay pride and getting her own show but she had to share the building with a with uh, of the, the local play that was happening there and so she gets there gets all set up and she asks what's the play and they go oh the diary of Anne Frank so five nights a week was the diary of Anne Frank and two nights a week on the same set but with the screen was Bianca Del Rio except for the one night when the screen wouldn't close all the wasn't closing like the mechanics were down and they're like you can either cancel the show or you can do it and of course she does the show in front of Anne Frank's house (laughs) yes that juxtaposition is spectacular. <laughs> well, no, and then she talks about how she became friends with the little girl who played Anne and that she was in a show every year um, and they'd been doing it for years. And uh, d- during COVID, she was able to get over there through after jumping through a bunch of hoops. And she's like, I don't remember the girl's name. But we'll call her Anne. So I get there and I find out there's no play. So I go, oh, no. Where like there's no little Anne. Where's Anne? I always look forward to talking to Anne. And apparently she was, you know, uh, wasn't gonna wasn't gonna be there, but had left her a uh, lipstick message on the mirror, you know, saying, you know, Bianca, love you. Hope you have a great great time. I'll be back later. Um, and she finds out that Anne had gone off to camp. And every oh, no. and then she lets it <laughs> set for a minute, so everybody goes. Oh. oh, and she no. goes. She said it was just a summer, but I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> and I died. I was like, Oh, for sure. Oh my god. Oh, hello, hello, offensive. <laughs> my name's Bianca. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, she had the the running joke through the entire uh, her entire show was, a lot of people died of cancer. Luckily, no, we didn't. Not cancer, or, uh, COVID. <laughs> there was a bit with cancer, too. But yes, there a lot of people died of COVID. But we didn't, <laughs> and we're the lucky ones. <laughs> and so it was just, it was so funny how she'd bring it back around also, because it would start off with, like, because she started off the show going, and you know what, a lot of people died, and everybody was like, yeah, that's sad, and then she went, but we did it, and, you know, party, celebrate life, and, you know, she even said, you know, don't be offended, like, this is not me trying to, like, bring down the mood, we're just kind of like, this is what's going on, um, but then, like, she'd be doing, like, she'd be off doing something, or she'd kind of go crazy and uh, saying something, and then her way of bringing it back around, she'd just go, a lot of people died yeah, a lot <laughs> it was of so died. funny it was so funny <laughs> she'd like end a joke and, or like you know her like because she's also talking about her time during covid of you know not being able to work and all of the crazy shit she had to do to stay afloat and keep herself from going bonkers inside of her house and it would just be like she'd finish that story of her doing something really dumb because she she was bored or needed money and she'd turn back around and go back over to the table to get a drink or look at her notes and she'd be like a lot of people died a lot of people died <laughs> oh, it's so silly it was so I, I, I am uh, I've decided we need to see more drag shows I know once this pancetta oh, no. starts oh. whatever will we do oh and there goes our timer 
Okay. Well, I guess that means we have to take a break now. Yes. Break time. Back, 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 back again. Hello, hello. Hi. Um, so, fun fact while I was beating uh, JJ's face, um, quite literally with the to beauty the blender, <laughs> quite literally with the beauty blender, um, actually, while I was doing your eye makeup, which was even more funny, is um, we watched the What If episode. I had watched it already, but JJ had watched it for the first time. Um, and it was to the point where I was like, I was paying attention to what was happening in the episode. Be like, okay, close your eyes. I need to do eyeliner. <laughs> Alright, open them. <laughs> and we're good. I'll play with colors for a little while. Alright, close your eyes and open. Alright, close your eyes and open. And then the last, like, six minutes, I was like, and we'll just wait. Just (laughs) Just watch. You need to watch. You need to watch this. Just watch. We'll finish this in a second. (laughs) Um, But this was episode um, episode episode eight. eight. What if if Ultron won? And, oh, boy. If if Ultron won, we were fucked. (laughs) Yeah. like, Like, we thought things were bad with Thanos. Oh, my God. This was, Thanos was a walk in the park compared to uh, uh, the alternative universe where Ultron wins. I do Um, love that that's like the theme of this, like this whole season of What If is that like, yeah, Thanos like sucked, but he ain't shit because like episode two, um, Thanos is like, was like turned into was like turned into a good guy because he had a talk with T'Challa. You're like, okay, like (laughs) Thanos ain't shit. Um, and one episode, I mean, yeah, he's like a zombie, but he hasn't done anything yet. You're like, oh, zombie Thanos, that's kind of scary. But like, and then this one, like, we see, we we see Thanos, he pops up, and immediately just gets cut down by the uh, ult- Ultra Vision uh, with the mm-hmm. Mind Stone, and you just go, oh, well, shit. <gasps> well, okay then. <laughs> Infinity, the Infinity Stones ain't shit with Thanos. <laughs> And then, like, and <laughs> it's just it's that so is crazy. really interesting. Yeah, and we saw that a little bit, in, even in Loki, where we see like, oh, they just you, they just use like the Infinity Stones as as paperweights in the TVA. Like the whole saga with Thanos and trying to get the Infinity Stones and these like powerful, you know, cosmically powerful, infinitely powerful uh, stones, and then all of a sudden they're just like, oh, they're they're pointless. <laughs> they're, oh, yeah. they're useless. They're and I think even canonically in the comic books, Thanos wasn't necessarily the biggest baddest baddie. There was there was a, a plethora of other you know ju- more uh, dangerous foes that are the no. And I think of. that this is a brilliant way to up the stakes for this current for this current like uh next like few phases phase yeah mm-hmm. this current like chapter we're in with the mcu is to to be like because we spent the entire you know 
what, 10 years of MCU content building up to Thanos and these, uh, and the Infinity Stones as being this ultimate threat. And then now you were like, okay, we got to take the Mickey out of, uh, out of Thanos and these Infinity Stones because they're not the ultimate threat because we need something that's scarier than Thanos. And I think by doing that, especially so early on with like this what if series with Loki to be able to be like, yeah, no, uh, Thanos ain't shit. Um, wait till you see what else we can do that is fucking scarier than that. And um, being able to do that with this, like with Ultravision, with uh, the idea of Kang, the Conqueror coming through and mm-hmm. just kind of being like, oh, look, Thanos dead not even worth it oh thanos not a threat here anymore infinity stones what ofs um and i think that's that's brilliant on the on marvel's part to be like yeah this ain't like you thought like that was the ultimate threat last (laughs) time but no but we got we got bigger and badder things coming and to be able to raise those stakes that way without necessarily having to find something bigger and badder and more epic than Thanos it can be just as epic but we just like diminished him in your in our eyes right now it's just it's so smart like this is such smart like just planning and screenwriting like I'm here for it um and this episode I mean Ultra Vision is fucking terrifying no, absolutely. Like absolutely terrifying. Like, <laughs> just to see, like, you know, like you said, we just, we see this figure in Thanos as being our big, like, the biggest threat up to, you know, that we've ever encountered. And Ultravision goes, slice, you're done. I'm... <laughs> I'm uh, I'm the new I'm the new guy in town, and you're like, wow! He just easily dispatched what we consider to be the biggest threat to our entire galaxy and our existence, and now something else is in his, something worse is in its place. Even just for this one episode, but in just implying that, like, oh, you thought Thanos was was some tough shit? We got some shit. We, we you don't even know what we got in store for you. And that just that thought alone is just like, oh no. Oh no. Oh yeah, no, when we got to the end of the episode, <laughs> you're sitting I just remember looking at you and it's like so that was fun. You're like, you just went, Well that's fucked. <laughs> yeah, we're, that's fucked. Yeah, we're fucked. Uh, we're in trouble now. <laughs> yeah. Um, um but I really appreciated the use of the watcher in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um I like like the idea of having an outsider being forced into the action. That's a really cool uh, uh, kind of development of character and uh, of uh, upping, the, uh, upping the stakes because otherwise, uh, you know, he, it's really, it, it, like you said, with, you know, uh, diminishing the threat of Thanos in order to like leave room for something bigger. Um, in a way, in a way, they're doing this sort of the same with the Watchers, giving him starting off as like this omniscient being that was seemingly untouchable, and then all of a sudden, Ultron, uh, Ultra Vision just goes, "Oh hey, that." <laughs> no, absolutely, and I think that. Uh... Also, I love the use just throughout the entire episode, the use of the Watcher because you have him like realizing that this ultra vision is a threat 
and then jumping down like with uh black widow and hawkeye when they're like looking for the uh uh zola files and he's sitting there and he's like oh right it's, you're almost there you're so close and it's every human watching a tv show ever in that moment where it's like no no what are you doing you can't stop why why are you doing this it's right there <laughs> it's, it's right, right there. there you're almost there it's literally in that box and it's just it's so funny to watch him just like freak out and been like i can't intervene but it's literally right there and then uh you know natasha ends up picking it up and being like oh we got it he's like oh thank god okay we have hope we have hope after all um also i love the uh the watcher like armor um but i also love that he does like this like sailor moon uh like transformation because <laughs> yes. like there even while it, it was yeah. happening he's doing it and it's just like sailor power because that's exactly <laughs> what yeah, went through absolutely. my head the entire time um yes. I've heard a lot of people make reference to like Power Rangers. I was like, no, 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 that's a Sailor Moon transformation. <laughs> that is not a yeah. Power Rangers transformation. That's a Sailor Moon transformation. That shit I comes mean, out of nowhere and assembles. He even gets like, like little bracelets and things. You're like, no, um, Sailor Moon. All he's missing yeah, is a crown. Yeah, all his throwing a couple hearts and throwing a couple ribbons, and you've got another Sailor Scout. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, and then that fucking fight sequence between the Watcher and uh, Ultravision. Oh, buddy, that was really yeah. good. Like, yeah, who I knew loved... that Watcher had like some hardcore like powers? <laughs> right, like it was like that was intense. Like he had like he had superpowers and like fighting ability like at one point he headbutts him and you're like yeah um, his giant ass head it's <laughs> good for something uh, it's gotta be good yeah absolutely no and i think what is also great is the use of these uh, like really seeing these other dimensions like we see like ultra uh, ultra vision like punch the watcher and he goes like breaks through a glass and he's like in a different like dimension and they're just like going through mm -hmm. break, busting through different dimensions at one point he's like just punching the shit out of him and you see like the glass like break like from him and like their whole like where they were standing like completely changes they're like boom St uh, you know steve rogers president boom scrolls boom Star Wars Mustafar? <laughs> like, right, yeah. like, is that Hoth? <laughs> I split it? <laughs> Did we skip, like, not only dimensions, but, like, series? Jump franchises, yeah. <laughs> Did we series jump throughout the, like, Disney Plus? I don't Absolutely, know, yeah. maybe. Um, but I really liked the effect and how that happened because that was really cool. Um, also, I like that that uh, the breaking of the glass is like the opening credits because we see all the shards of glass that we're looking through all of the dimensions. And now I'm like, oh, maybe we're seeing how we get to the point of the opening credits. That's neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like I like the fact that you know we get this character. We've been introduced to this character, the Watcher, who. Um, you know, up until this point has literally just been kind of an observer. Um, and you make a great point that, like, in a lot of ways, the Watcher is us, the yeah. audience. Like, we, we are watching these things unfold and watching, and there's a certain safety to that. 
knowing that like, oh, there, all that stuff is happening over there, I'm safe. But the moment the Watcher, the moment the Ultron like penetrates the Watcher's like realm, it takes them through all those different dimensions. Literally, like it's like taking us through those different dimensions and putting us in the in the midst of all that and making us feel that danger. And I think that's what's really cool about having the Watcher, um, that, having that shift in the Watcher's kind of role, because it's it kind of marks the shift of now us as a viewer are starting to feel the stakes of all the different uh, multiple dimensions kind of possibly f falling apart. And it, makes, and it just makes it that much more like uh, dramatic and uh, important and much more terrifying than a Thanos. Yes. And I also uh, love that we brought in uh, the uh, Strange Supreme who was trapped in his little gem. Again, at the end Away of the episode. From... Mm -hmm. In his own little dimension that is apparently removed from everything else. It was the one safe spot that the Watcher could go to that Ultravision could not follow. And, yeah, so he, he went and hid and hung out with uh, Stephen Strange. And um, I love that, like instead of being like bitter and upset and like this angry character being left alone in this dimension after losing everything, like he got some wisdom. Like he's like, Oh no, I grew as a person here after realizing the mistakes of my life. And he's talking to uh, the watcher and he's like, well, yeah, you fucked up. <laughs> you, you done fucked up a, a Ron. What are we going to do about it? And he's like, well, you know, and he's like, yeah, I do. And he's like, you can make me say it. And he's like, fucking yeah, I'm going to make you say it. Because I'm a smug, <laughs> smug ass bitch. And you're going to say what you, I'm you're going to say smug, it. Give yeah. me that satisfaction. He's like, all right, fine. I need your help. Yeah. I really do like, because I, 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 upon a lot of reflection, I do think that Doctor Strange is one of my favorite MCU characters. Because in a way, I feel like that I relate to him in a lot of ways. Like, because his his kind of his character was always like um, needs to you know needs to find out all the things. I need to I need to know all of this. I need to know all about the mystic arts. I need to know all of the things, and you know, you know, just suck in all the knowledge. And in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm that kind of. I always want to like know you know dive into something and really think really what's going on here what's uh, let's let's go digging deeper and i mean he's got really cool fucking magical powers that's awesome too <laughs> and he's and, and he's got the suave ass benedict cumberbatch as the uh, you know who's uh, portraying him like you know all the ladies are swooning over him i'm like i mean i guess i don't really need that aspect of it but i'm like he's still a handsome fellow <laughs> i mean boys swooning over him too i mean i've i've yet to hear any gay man be like "Ooh, that cumberbund that benedict cumberbund <laughs> really you mean you haven't me. heard people talk hear about it. benedict cucumber before nope i have yet to hear like i mean Obviously, in in the gay community, it is you are either a Thor, you are either a Chris Helmsworth stan or a Chris Evans stan. You are a, one of the Chris's, Pratt, Helmsworth, Evans. 
because they're you know gay men are so fucking you know toxic and are like oh it's we just need the beefy beefy dudes, um, but you know Benedict Cumberbatch especially with that goatee, like he's sexy. That's I mean that is a, a very handsome attractive man, um, but he's I'm glad to see that like his character is really kind of going through a lot of shifts. Um, because you know, kind of in during Infinity War, and uh, uh, he kind of seemed like, oh, I'm just kind of like this, uh, I you know, I know things, but I'm not going to tell you, kind of thing, it kind of like, because uh, I think at one point doesn't he like as everybody's being dusted, he's like he tells Tony Stark like, oh, this is this is this was meant to be, this was the only way or whatever. And you're like, well, why? Well, why, why can't you just tell us? Why can't you, you, having seen 40, what, 44 billion different outcomes of this, of this battle, like you couldn't have just let us in on a little bit of, a, a little bit of the, the, your thought process. But I, I think now that we see kind of his vulnerable side, his um, like character flaws, like being so obsessed about gaining knowledge that he turns it, it you know, he sucks the the magical essence out of gnomes. <laughs> that you know, it, it's just really. I, I think I'm really appreciating this like really sh- this cool shift in Doctor Strange's character, which is making me even that much more excited for uh, Doctor Strange and the um, multiverse of madness. Um, um, we get him in Spider Man first, <laughs> and even in Spider Man. You know, seeing what I mean, there's the theories are we the um, the quote unquote bad uh, the he was called the the Master Supreme, Sorcerer Supreme. What is he called? Uh, yeah, Sorcerer Supreme. Sorcerer Supreme. Like we get the but like the bad version of him. There's a theory that like that's it's actually the bad version of him that we see in. well, we can. Mm. One could argue after seeing the end of this one episode that it, that the Sorcerer Supreme is not necessarily or the the bad version. He's just misguided. But yeah, well, that's a theory. Right. Like it, it's that is a like a really fascinating theory that I think would be. I would gag if that were the case, um, because I mean they did say that what if would have implications in the live action MCU film. So we'll see exactly how that kind of turns out when we when we get um, Spider Man in December. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just really liking like doc, like the journey that we've been able to been able to see with Doctor Strange, and I guess like he comes back again in more what if episodes. I'm assuming like from promotional things like wasn't there like a moment where he's talking with Peggy Carter or was that Thor uh no it was Sorcerer Supreme talking to Peggy Carter and so the idea is that they're going to um the watcher is going to probably have to get all of these different heroes left over from these stories that he's been telling or that we've been watching with him and get them to team up to get rid of uh this ultra vision because it's not he can't do it alone uh you know this strange sorcerer supreme can't do it completely alone like he's gonna need help so he's gonna get a peggy carter and um party thor and whoever else pops up i think uh this episode's natasha romanoff uh 
with you know with his uh, with her little uh robot zola <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um we'll see i'm really excited to see how this uh this season ends it's been renewed for a second season so i can't fucking mm, wait for sure. yeah. um i'm really excited to see how it ends so we'll talk more about it next week when we next week after we watch the thrilling conclusion yep 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 wow um hey jj i'd ask you if you watched the nanny but i know you did because that's what you watched after what if while i was uh doing your makeup absolutely so let's talk um, about let's talk about the nanny the nanny named fran i think i'm like two episodes shy of completing the neck the <laughs> second season and um I mean, each episode in and of itself are really fun. Um, there's a, a anytime I get to see Yetta on screen, I am so down for it. There's a a, a um, episode where she is trying. Uh, Maxwell is trying to schmooze like a playwright who just tied, who just like cut off ties with Andrew Lloyd Webber, his like Maxwell's Broadway nemesis. Um, I love and, that Andrew Lloyd Webber is the the Broadway nemesis too because that's so yeah. fucking true, especially in the '90s because he had so many plays out. Like it would make sense that that would be your nemesis, but the fact that they're like Andrew Lloyd Webber and I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, even more. I mean, even more relatable is that like Maxwell could have put on put could have produced Cats. In this re- in this alternate reality, uh, but he passed on it, thinking like, "Who the fuck would see a, a play about dancing cats?" Goes to Andrew Lloyd Webber, longest fucking run show on Broadway. <laughs> oh yeah, no, which I think is and, fucking hysterical. And so like that hysterical. just fuels, <laughs> yeah, just fuels the anger. But anyways, so he's trying to schmooze this playwright who's like cut ties with Andrew Lloyd Webber, and Fran's like, "I got a perfect way to schmooze him onto our side. I'm gonna set him up with a, uh, with a date with Yetta," <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes, please, let Yetta date this man." And it's absolutely hysterical because they're all old, they're both like old and um, they're like comparing goiter sizes and like comparing and swapping like um, you know medical history like uh, as if they were like uh, veterans of war it's hysterical um, I say this week after week Yetta is my favorite character she is a mood it's fantastic um Another really good episode that I loved um, was uh, Lamb Chop comes in on an episode. It's one of my favorite episodes of all time because one, I love Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop. And I love the fact that this episode really makes Sherry Lewis look like she is batshit crazy. Not only batshit crazy, but like I love the fact that they like play off the fact that Lamb Chop and Sherry Lewis are completely different entities. Like, Lamb Chop is Lamb Chop, like, even when Sherry Lewis is not there. Like, there's a, a, there's a gag at the end of the episode where um, Lamb Chop and Sherry Lewis and Maxwell go in for, like, a business meeting. Um, and everybody goes into the, the room, 
and then we see everybody get kicked out, even Sherry Lewis, and we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's so silly. And also, Lamb Chop, she is, she is feisty. She is feisty. Oh, yeah, for she is sure. feisty, and she is a horn dog. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I mean, and she, I like, pinches, that. like, Maxwell's butt one time, and it's great. Mm-hmm. She like straight up licks him, I think, at some point. <laughs> God, it's, 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 yeah, no, I think it's hysterical. I love it. Like I said, it makes Sherry Lewis look like she's batshit crazy because they're like, you think this puppet's real, but then by the end of it, everybody else is buying into it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's silly and it's goofy. And that's why the show works. And I think because you and I were talking about it a little bit. And part of the reason why the show works so well is because it takes the moment to let let the moment breathe because you have these Mm -hmm. quiet moments that are just as funny as the loud silly moments and that's why this show's brilliant oh it's so good so good um another noteworthy uh guest star is one billy ray cyrus Which is, I mean, a sign of the the times of this, the airing of this episode, because to call Billy Ray Cyrus a celebrity at this point is a bit of a stretch, but like this was the height of his stardom. This is achy um, breaky heart. Oh, this is achy breaky achy breaky heart like era. Yeah. Um, I think it's hysterical that like because he's you know he's making a he's throwing a kissing contest. For which is gross because it's for literally for teenage girls to become part of his like new music video, and I'm like, oh no, not an old, not a straight grown up old man uh, luring teenagers to kiss him. Like, oh no. <laughs> but that notwithstanding, uh, Maggie tries to go and enters the contest, brings Fran for like moral support. You know, she on the whim. Maggie's like, oh, Fran, why don't you go and enter? And Fran's like, why the hell would I do this? This is dumb. She does it anyways, gets selected. And she wins the contest. <laughs> Fucking wins the contest. I mean, and, and, and even Fran is like, well, duh. <laughs> but, like, and over the course of the episode, we find out that the only reason why she won the contest is because um, Billy Ray Cyrus realizes that, oh, if I have a teenage girl with me on stage or in my video, I'm going to look old. But if I have Fran... She's going to make me look young. That's so fucking... That's so fucked up, too. I mean, this whole episode's kind of fucked up in, like, a way, but I like that it points out the, uh, like, these unnatural, like, realistic, like, beauty standards and for men and for women. Yeah, I think, like, even though, like, on the surface level, it seems really problematic, but it really does speak to, like, that's what... That I mean, R. Kelly just got arrested, just got convicted of doing exactly what Billy Ray Cyrus was just doing in this episode. <laughs> so, like, it, 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 throughout, like, you know, and I'm sure not just the music industry, but like through Hollywood and the entertainment industry in general, it's always creepy old men trying to lure in the young, uh, ingenue, uh, you know, sex pot girl to you know give them sex appeal or whatever and it's you know it's it does point out to it points out like oh yeah even even the male uh the reason why they do that is because it makes the male star look good because nobody's going to want to buy the records of a guy who can't get the girl 
We need, we need our male stars to be virile and always gets the, uh, you know, gets the hottest chicks. Gross. But um, I'm, I think I'm only a couple, uh, a couple of um, episodes away from the, se- the se- uh, season finale. And um, so it- I'll be starting season three pretty soon. So that makes, that's what, halfway through the series, I think? I think it was a six series, six, uh, six seasons, I believe. Something like that. But yeah, yeah you'll like be that, starting so. season three and Fran and Maxwell still haven't boned. Still haven't boned, but goddamn, they, they like, they, episode after episode, I feel like it's exponential, like the, the, the suggestions of that have like just exponentially, like those moments keep coming by more and more and more and more. No, for sure. Um, and uh, I'm excited for you to get to the point to where they finally hook up. I mean, it's got to be soon. I mean, it's... You'd be surprised. Getting, I mean, I, fair. This, I'm only halfway through it. And if it goes for six seasons long, I can't imagine the, them hooking up would happen at this point. But, you know... I have, what, 70 more episodes to go. <laughs> I mean, you'll get there. I'm, uh, I'm pulling up the IMDb right now, so I'm trying to remember where they start getting together. Um, because something happens, and then it goes away, then it doesn't happen, and then we play around that for a while. So I'm trying to remember if that's the season or not. I don't know. Oh, well, we'll figure it out when you get there. I mean, I'll figure it. Yeah, I'll get there eventually. But it's uh, it's good stuff. It's good TV. I love it. Oh, for sure. It's so, it's so good. So good. All right. Well, um, let's take a quick break. Bring back my break. 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 Break a break, a break. Oh my god, I cannot with the housing market right now, Joanna. Have I not told you about Capital Realty Center? Oh, the premier realty group that supported and succeeded throughout the California landscape? Now I remember. If that's what you're looking for, call Kathy Johnson at 916-606-0687 to win that next bid. That's Kathy Johnson with Capital Realty Center at 916-606-0687. License number 02021378. We're back. Hello. Hi. Um, let's talk about some cool shit that's coming up because we got some cool shit coming up. Yeah. Um, first thing on our list is um, coming up at the end of October, literally on Halloween. Um, we're getting a live concert kind of experience of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, stars such as Danny Elfman is supposed to reprise his role as Jack Skellington. Um, just recently announced, Billie Eilish is going to be um, Sally. She's be, she'll be singing uh, <clears throat> Sally's song uh, in, the, uh, in the concert. Weird Al is supposed to um, come on as 
Locke. And Ken Page and, is coming back as Oogie Boogie. And Ken Page is Oogie Boogie. I'm so excited. Um, it looks like it's an actual live performance, so you'd actually have to be like in LA to go see it. I'm hoping they film it and we get to see it at some point. But um, as of right now, it is just a uh, it is a live event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's supposed to take place in um, the Los Angeles Bank of California Stadium. That's so, so yeah, fucking it's, cool. It's, it's in LA. It's gonna be. It's gonna have a full orchestra, uh, live. Uh, you know, all these all these uh, performers are gonna be live on stage, um, in time for Halloween. It's gonna be a spoopy time. And I'm here for the spoopiness. I like the music and Ken Page. I love Ken Page. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Um, it's actually happening twice. They're gonna do one performance that. Uh, I think it's on the Friday. Yeah, the 29th, and then once on Halloween Sunday. Uh, and another performance on Halloween. So we have entered the spoopy season, y'all. It's so exciting. Um, and so the next thing I have on the list, um, um, America's Sweetheart, uh, Tom Hanks, is going to be in a movie uh, called Finch. And um, also known as the movie that will make Janana cry. <laughs> oh yeah, this is like this is rife with opportunities for you know uh, pulling at the uh, heartstrings. Uh, it stars Tom Hanks as a dying inventor who builds a robot to accompany him and his dog across a post-apocalyptic. Uh, like world to try to find other people mm-hmm. and um it, it's going to be released on apple tv on november 5th and um yeah it's a man a robot and a dog and they form an unlikely family in a powerful and moving adventure of one man's quest to ensure that his beloved canine companion will be cared for after he's gone Oh my god, you're you're I don't think you're gonna be you're not gonna have any like I barely can make it through the description. <laughs> yeah. Like you're gonna be dehydrated after seeing this series. It's a series or a movie. It's, it's a, a movie. Yeah, it's a so. movie, thank God. <laughs> thank God I only have to watch it once. Um But it looks really, really sweet and wholesome just like you would expect from tom hanks and um the trailer was really sweet and i'm gonna be a mess and um we'll talk about it after it comes out (laughs) but i'm really excited uh, yeah yeah and it's directed by um miguel sapochnik who um he directed uh some Game of Thrones, actually. Uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, the cinema said blah, blah, blah. The words out of my mouth aren't easy, but uh, the cinematography <laughs> looks really good. Um, and he, he, yeah. was the, he was the, uh, the uh, he directed both The Battle of the Bastards and The Winds of Winter. Oh, those like, are two good episodes. Iconic episodes. Those are very good episodes. Uh, oh, absolutely. So, um, 
yeah, no, I'm really excited for this um, this movie. Um, you'll hear all about how Joanna cried through the entire fucking thing and how uh, JJ has no soul. Facts. Um, but yeah, and then uh, next on our list, we have The Harder They Fall, which is going to be out on Netflix on November 3rd. Um, and I'm really excited for this because there's a whole bunch of fucking people in this fucking there movie. There are so many people in this movie. Fucking, we got um, Idris Elba, we got Regina King, Damon Wayans, um, um, J- Jonathan Majors, Azazi Beats. Um, like, this is gonna be good. And it's a Western, which I didn't know I needed from these people, but. Yeah. You, yeah, this is such a uh, such an interesting, like, uh, con- like concept. Um, I think it was, is Rosario Dawson. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's no, that's what thing. it's inspired by. Yeah, um, it was inspired by a short film starring Rosario Dawson and uh, our ho- our homeboy Moff Gideon. Yes. So the official synopsis for The Harder They Fall um, is when outlaw Nat Love, played by Jonathan Majors, uh, discovers that his enemy, Rufus Buck, played by Idris Elba, is being released from prison. He rounds up his gang to track Rufus down and seek revenge. Those writing with him is... Uh, in this assured, righteously new school western include his former love stagecoach Mary, Zazie Beats, his right uh, his right and left hand men hot-tempered Bill Pickett uh, Edie Gaff- uh, Gaffigy and fast-drawing Jim Beckworth R.J. Uh, uh, Kyler and surprising adversary turned ally uh, so uh and then Rufus Buck has his own fearsome crew, treacherous Trudy Smith, played by Regina King, and Cherokee Bill, played by Lakeith Stanfield. Um, and they are not a group that knows how to lose. So um, it's going to be a Western. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of big names. This is, uh, uh, the project uh, is being co-written and directed by a, a group of people, including Lawrence Bender, who's been, who's collaborated with uh, Quentin Tarantino in a lot of his very successful um, uh, movies, and even earning Oscar nominations for Pulp Fiction, Goodwill Hunting, and Inglorious Bastards. So, like, this is a hardcore. This is a hardcore. Uh, was this a, a TV show? Film. It's another film. It's another movie. And we stand a, a a cast of POC actors. I mean, I love. I mean, Regina King is such a badass actress. I forget how like ridiculous her stage presence and like uh, characterization can be. Like she's fierce. No, and she's, she's great. Like a, and she's supposed to be like a hardcore, like Western shoot 'em up, like Annie Oakley type. Like hell yeah. No, it looks great, and like I said, the trailer looks awesome. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun and just kick ass. And I'm excited. Um, it'll be a fun thing to like. It's just gonna be a fun thing to watch. Oh, for sure. 
Um, speaking of fun things to watch for Joanna, we got um, the <laughs> <laughs> we got a new trailer for Tick Tick Boom. <laughs> I love he's like this is a cool thing for me. <laughs> and this is a cool thing for me that JJ will watch. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch. Um. Because we, so we talked got a about new it trailer for Tick Tick Boom. Yeah, so there's a new trailer for it. It comes out November 19th. Um, it's being made by Netflix, but it looks like it's also getting a theatrical release, which is crazy, but I'm here for that. Um, it's starring Andrew Garfield, who is playing uh, Jonathan Larson, uh, while Jonathan Larson is in the middle of writing his first his first musical. And for those of you who live under similar rocks as JJ does, Jonathan Larson is uh, famously known for his, uh, I think, his last work. Yeah, he wrote Rent. Which was Rent. He wrote Rent and then died opening, like, the the morning that uh, the show was opening of a brain aneurysm. Oof, that's... That's kind of, that's tough. I mean, it was uh, to the point to where the cast uh, was like they were just going to do a. Uh, they're like, do we open? Do we not? And they're like, well, let's run through the show. Um, and they were just supposed to just sit down and just kind of go through it sitting. And kind of just mark it that way. And by the time they got to La Vie Bohème, everybody was like, they couldn't just sit down anymore. And they were up and they're dancing because they needed to celebrate the life of Jonathan Larson. And so they they opened to a uh, sold out house and uh, proceeded to win lots of awards and do many good things. Um, I mean, rent is iconic. (laughs) It is, and so it's really nice to see Tick, Tick, Boom get its dues, because, like I said, I think this was uh, his first show, um, and it was going to be the thing that he was hoping was going to make him famous, and it's a self-discovery for him, and uh, it's being directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, Um, and like I said, it's starring Andrew Garfield, who uh, many people forget is a wonderful singer and so he'll be uh singing and doing stuff so i'm really excited the new trailer is fierce um i'm gonna see it and cry my eyes out because i just do that but uh um not necessarily because this one's gonna be sad because it's not it's not going into the rent days so uh i don't have to worry about that um if you do want (coughs) to cry about jonathan larson get the dvd of rent and watch the special features because in the special features it does a documentary about jonathan larson and his life and me i watched the so i watched the movie rent and then i'm a special features horde so i watch everything on the special features knowing nothing about jonathan larson and then i get to the part where like and they're like and then he died and i'm sitting there like with tears streaming down my face going he died <laughs> what <laughs> Um, I was a mess. Um, but yeah, tick tick boom. November nineteenth. November is going to be a good month for t- for for things on the TV. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> TV and film. Hell yeah. I was gonna say. Also, um, we're still waiting for that uh, for one more trailer. Hopefully, but Eternals will be out soon too, because that'll be out also November fifth. Yeah, like in a month. Absolutely. 
Yay! But uh. But guess what? That's the end of our podcast. We made it to the end. We did we it, friends. It we did it. Thanks for listening to Nobody Asked Our Opinion. You can send us uh, any and all of your opinions in an email at uh, nobody to nobody asked our opinion at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagrams, the TikToks at uh, nobody asked our opinion. You can also look us up on YouTube at nobody asked our opinion podcast. Um, you can follow Joanna at Joey Snow 2006. And you can follow me at pianoman underscore zero five. Please follow our unpaid intern Natalia at the Third Rule Creative, as well as our producer Jonathan at Jelly Sound. Rate us, leave a review, comment, do all the things, do all the things on all the platforms. Tell everybody about it. Let's get some. Let's get some more. Invite more people to the party, y'all. Uh, more people, yeah, more people to the party. Um, check us out. Um, hey, our listener in Germany, or maybe our two listeners in Germany. I don't know. We still have a pretty consistent presence in Germany, even though it's not huge. Um, tell your friends. Again, we want to be more famous than Hasselhoff in Germany. Let's make it happen. Um, also, um... Get us on the Kelly Clarkson show. Or just get us so that we have an opportunity to be within the same room as this bitch. I was gonna like, say by to get us I was gonna say by get us on the Kelly Clarkson show, I mean we don't have to be guests. Like let us sit in the audience. <laughs> let us just like be in the same like general vicinity. I just wanna be with them it'd be great if I'm on the same power grid as this as this woman. <laughs> I mean, I've seen her perform live before. I did breathe her air once. It was magic. Yeah, so I'm going to go watch The Voice now so I can have Kelly Clarkson's magic radiate at me through my television. Um, so, bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. Okay, bye.